Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 72 uh, I'm really excited for today's podcast. Today's podcast is going to uh, tackle a topic that I think we all uh, run into in our daily lives and our business lives. And I'm really excited uh, also because the guest that I have today is a good friend of mine. I've known him for, I'm going to say over 15 years. I think it's been that long. Probably been about that long. I think I it's been yeah. that long. So um, my, my friend Corey Minter, he's uh, uh, the owner of Eternity and Employment Specialists. Uh, I want to read a little bit of a bio about him, uh, but before I do, uh, I'm really excited to bring this topic up because as we're in this new year, as we're picking out our new goals, and as we're uh, trying to plan out what this next year is going to be, I think ultimately when we start stepping into that plan, when we start uh, pushing ourselves outside of our comfort zone and into this area of discomfort, there's going to be this thing that happens to us. There's going to be that questioning in the back of your mind, or there's going to be that spidey sense that tells you uh, maybe I shouldn't do this uh, or what will happen if I do this wrong or what, what will happen if I screw up. And, and basically it's, it's the thing that can motivate us, but it's also the, the thing that can paralyze us. So I'm really excited to bring that in. But before I do, uh, Corey is a published author and recruiting professional with 10 years of recruiting experience in the healthcare, engineering, IT, oil and gas, and human resources industries. He is the president of Trinity Employment Specialists and leads the company by focusing on human resources, business development, and building relationships with clients. Honesty, integrity, and treating clients and employees with respect is very important and a tribute to his high level of success. So, Corey, first and foremost, welcome to the podcast. I know that's a brief introduction. If you don't mind, go ahead and say hello to the audience and tell them a little bit more about yourself. Me and Evan have been talking about doing this for it's been a while. It's been a little while, yeah. It started at that campfire that we were at. <laughs> me, and, that's right. me and Evan, me and Evan went to this uh, to Bath, Illinois, together. And in Bath, Illinois, they have these Asian cart that jump if the if the boat motor vibrates at a certain pitch, these these fish will jump out. And, and that's that's really where we started talking about doing this absolutely I, yeah. I forgot that that conversation came up but i'm glad that we finally got yeah. around to it we're not going to say how long it's been since that conversation happened because <laughs> <laughs> it's embarrassing that it that it took as long for us to make this happen but i'm uh, glad that we're finally doing it yeah well thanks so much i mean the, the topic that we're talking about uh you know i i spoke on this not long ago and it's just been something that i've i've had to deal with as a businessman and and, you know, I used to think for years, for years and years, that I was like, I've got to be the only one experiencing this kind of anxiety and this, this sort of concern about everything that's going on around. 
And I think that probably for a lot of people, I experienced it more than some. But good grief, when I started recognizing and meeting people at high levels, mm-hmm. you know, some of the leaders of Tulsa, you know, and getting to know them as good friends, I started recognizing that I wasn't so alone in this topic. And so, but no one ever said anything about it or talked about it. And so my goal in even bringing this up, you know, year year and a half ago, whenever we I, I spoke about this, was just to start to give some people permission to talk about it, and then that, listen, just because you experience it, it's okay, and it can get better, mm-hmm. but not if you just ignore it. Right. So uh, that's kind of what led us here, just that thought. Actually, I think it goes a little further back than that because at Jason's birthday party, now I'm really digging deep, when we went to Top Golf, you re- I remember you talking about writing a book. That's you, when I was writing and it. And you had, you had me read an article about it, and I went through it, and I... I thought you were spot on with, with the, the point of, um, of the book and what you were doing. And then when I, I saw you present on it, it really brought it all together. And I was just like, man, I, I'm so glad that you're addressing this topic and that you're, uh, that you're broaching the subject. Because I think a lot of times we as men uh, or as leaders do not like to show perceived weakness. We don't like to show when we don't feel like we have it together. And I think that vulnerability in those instances uh, is important for building relationships. But ultimately, if we don't talk about this stuff, we can't we can't overcome it. And so um, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and broach the, the subject right now. We're talking about fear. We're talking about that mental game that goes on inside your head that can prevent you from doing things that uh, that immobilizes you in some point, or literally just uh, is something that holds you back from your true true purpose. So, Corey, if you don't mind, talk a little bit about why this topic became so relevant to you. I know you said that you started realizing more and more people dealt with it, but what was it about this topic that really uh, lit a fire in you that said, I need to talk about this more? Well, I think that I came to a point where I was just tired of tolerating it. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll get what you tolerate. Mm -hmm. And some, and you know, I I got to where, you know, I was I was fearful of almost everything because because the things that I the thing that was so important to me then was um, like business success, mm-hmm. financial success, and like just taking over the going over the moon with money. And so money was really the vice. And so if there were any if there was anything that happened in the business or anything that I don't know, went on that compromised my ability to make more money or achieve success, it, it, I just, I was beating myself up over it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, over over time, and actually a good friend of mine and yours, Tracy Trost, yeah. taught me this lesson. I was sitting there talking to him. He, was, he used to live across the street from me, and um, we became good friends. And he, one day... I was telling him I was I don't know I was concerned about this that or the other and and Tracy you know you know this about him he just become frustrated that he was even listening to this <laughs> he just couldn't believe it that sounds was, about right he's like why am I out here with this joker you know <laughs> and but he said you know Corey you 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 got success all wrong this helped me a lot by the way mm-hmm. he's like you you got success all wrong it's like man you are putting 
you're valuing or defining your success as being how much money you make, you know, what, what awards your company wins, um, you know, what clients you gain, what all of this stuff, house you live in, all, all of these things is what you define as success. He's like, dude, he's like, give me your phone. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, and I gave him my phone. So he, he's like, where's your, where's your photos? So I go because he he's an iPhone guy. Yeah. <laughs> so show him where the where the photos are, and he goes and he scrolls down. And he finds a picture of my family. He's like that right there. That's your success. Yep. Switch it. And I don't know what it was, but in my mind, that start it started the process mm-hmm. of starting to learn, you know, what success really was, and you know that that didn't completely you know, eliminate all fear from that point. But that that was really kind of the start of it, you know. Absolutely. Well, I love how you talk about redefining success. Uh, One of the things we talked about a lot in previous podcasts is that success is multifaceted. Money is obviously a a portion of that. But I think a lot of times when we're developing as leaders or we're developing in our families, we think that's the only thing. And so – uh, the sooner you can figure that out, I mean, you, you hit the nail right on the head by kind of uh, reiterating what Tracy said was success is your family. Success is uh, financial in some cases. Uh, success is um, all sorts of different things. Um, for some people, success is freedom. It's the freedom to be able to make the choices that they want to do uh, without fearing um, losing everything or whatever else. And so there's a lot of parts of success, but Tracy really um, believes strongly in that because, um, and I'll share a little bit of a story about just how I know Tracy. So Tracy was in a situation where he didn't feel successful. Uh, and, and I remember him talking to me about that. And, and uh, he shared that he had, he had mentioned to his wife, like, hey, I don't, I don't think things are going to go very well. I think, I think we're going to lose the company or I, I think we're going to go out of business or I'm going to have to do something else. He's like, I'm, uh, I, I don't know that I have enough money to do this. And uh, she said, well, are they going to take the kids away? Yeah. And he goes, no. And she goes, are they going to take our photo albums? And he said, no. He said, are they going to take our memories? And he goes, no. And she says, then I'm not worried about it. And I think that kind of piggybacks on with what you're talking about is if you really invest in your family, if you really invest in the relationships that you have, if you invest in your, um, you know, being putting yourself in a position that you can be free, I think that's where true success lies. And I and and I, I hope that the audience, which is a younger audience listening to this, can really grab onto that because if success is truly financial, every single day of your life that you are not uh, financially successful, you feel like a failure, and that's a horrible way to live every single day. Yeah, and you know, many people, they, you know, I did this for a long time. They, they live their lives as one big, huge false alarm, mm-hmm. you know, where, oh my gosh, this is going to crush me, you yeah. know. Well, you and I both know what God did in Tracy's career, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, crushing it. Yeah. It's a little bit different of a thing, but I mean, like, really crushing it. And, um, but man, if you, if you find yourself, and I think there are probably a lot of people that might be listening to this now, where they find themselves in that in that in that kind of mindset where, you know, everything is kind of a panic. 
me type of thing. And, but if the, on the other side of that, it's not that big a deal mm -hmm. because God's got it all worked out. Mm -hmm. And, and living your life as one big false alarm. I think a lot of younger people do that too until they, until they get it figured out. But I love that you shared that story about Tracy because that's the same advice he gave me. He just didn't tell me that Denise gave it to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now we have some sort of form of documentation. Yeah. So I, I might get a phone call from him. But oh, it'd be great. It'd be great. <laughs> One thing I was thinking about when you're talking about if you're living your life in that, pan that, that constant state of panic, uh, we're talking to young leaders here, and if you've ever been in a situation where the, the person above you or, or leadership above you is constant panicking or in a, in a state of constant panic, that's not necessarily somebody that you're going to trust. That's not necessarily somebody that you're going to want to follow. So I would, I would really encourage anyone that's listening to this that, that it's really important to face those fears and to, to get a better understanding of what you're doing as a leader because if you're panicked, it's really hard to get people to follow you. But if you have it all together, if you have composure, and I think that's one of the reasons why you don't see a lot of leaders talking about fear is because there's that balance, right? Like we don't want to talk about how we're always afraid, right? Because yeah. then people are going to think, well, this guy, this guy's fearful of everything. But at the same time, I think it's it's important to talk about it because it is something that we all deal. Well, with. you got to talk about it with the right people. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, here I have my staff here that. They, they want, everyone wants this. Mm -hmm. They want someone, like what you said, who is confident. And this is, this is a big deal. It's, it's one thing to be confident, but it's another thing to be steady. Mm -hmm. People want this. Yeah. They, you know, they, they don't want people that are up and down and up and down. And they might be confident, but their confidence goes to anger. They, they need somebody who's really, really steady. Mm -hmm. And, and you're you're exactly right. If you're living your life as one big false alarm, it's going to be very difficult to become steady. Mm -hmm. But you you know you you really have to just you know some days when I I don't have it together, and I guarantee you every great leader has this. Walking in the building, I say this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, listen, um, they need you. The success of this of today is going to be coming kind of off off of your back mm -hmm. they're they're gonna follow whatever you project mm -hmm. and being responsible about that and projecting that even when you're concerned yourself you just you need you need to have someone to talk to yeah but it, it just doesn't need to be your team and I think that a lot of young novice um, leaders um, and I did this too a long time ago I shared too much of what I was really thinking with my team, and they did not have that really disturbed them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it's it's not really good. And so you know, uh, for me, I always want to be the type of guy. I'm, I'm an authentic guy. Love that. It's what people appreciate about me. Yeah. But be authentic in the right times. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and be a leader because um, people are only going to rise to the level. You know, generally where you're at yeah. so you, you've got to you've got to be mindful of it i think that's really important one of the other things that, that we've talked a little bit about how, how having all that fear and having that fear um, dictate every decision that you make you talked about like i need to project this i need i need to be the leader that they that they need um, if you're not doing that it actually prevents you from being your full self but also prevents them 
from operating to their full potential. So you may have fear literally holding you back from being the best version of yourself and the best version of your company that you actually can be. Yeah, it, and it happens silently. It's kind of weird how it can happen to you and you not really recognize it until it's already happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I said this in the, in the talk that I gave a long time ago is that, you know, people react to fear in three different key ways, in, in my opinion. You know, this mm-hmm. is just something that I came up with. And, you know, for one, like, like what we talked about, I, didn't we mention it earlier? We talked about it before, the, before we hit record, I think. But yeah. fear is not always a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. And it can be a very good thing mm-hmm. if you can use it wisely and have control over it and be intentional with it. Mm-hmm. Know what it is, define it. And so you can have fear of something or a concern of something help you to foresee any kind of problem that you have ahead and it'll shoot you to the moon. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can have it in a healthy way. But um, the, another way that people, the second way that people react to fear is just through negative thoughts. And so they get, they get the feeling of, in, of inadequacy. And I believe that Satan really gets in your head here and just says stuff to you like, you suck. You're not going to be good at this. Somebody else would be way better. There's no way you're going to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, the thing is, is they won't do anything about the thoughts and it will just they'll allow it to continue. You know, I'm starting up this new Oklahoma City office, yeah. uh, Evan, and I, I've, I've gone over to Oklahoma City. I go every Wednesday now, and, um, you know, I've got some business over there. But I'll tell you what, I've gotten turned down a lot. And in this town, Trinity has a pretty decent name, but when you go into a brand new place, <laughs> you got to get people to pay attention to you. And so I don't have near the respect yeah. in Oklahoma City as I, I do here. Um, and it is so clearly evident. Yeah. And so if you don't think for a second that I've had thoughts of, man, what are you doing? Is, are you ever going to be able to do this? Yeah. Like, you, it just driving around in Oklahoma City seems overwhelming. It's like, oh, oh yeah. can I? But, but, man, I can sit there and entertain that thought or call it for what it is, know what it is, mm-hmm. and rebuke it with the truth. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Who are you going to listen to? Yeah. In in my mind, in my mind, the the thoughts that are truth come from God. The thoughts that are lies come from Satan. Read reading the scriptures, it'll tell you. Yeah. It'll tell you this. You can either listen to God or Satan. Which one you want to do? Yeah. But you've got to be intentional with how you're how you're going to do it. Know that know what's happening, mm-hmm. and then address it. Um, the third way that people deal with uh, fear is. They it just paralyzes them. You mentioned it at the very entrance of this. Is that's that's a way that and you're you're right. Um, but I'll tell you, man, that is the very worst way. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you were in here, I was on the phone with someone who was dealing with depression. They, and great, great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I look up to him in many ways. But he just admitted it to him just right. Yeah. A few minutes ago, and and he said, you know, I I just went into isolation. It's like I didn't want to tell anybody about it. He said I, I was intimidated by it. I didn't want I didn't want people to know. I mean, it, listen, you know this dude mm-hmm. and he's well respected. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just didn't want anyone to know. And so I just went in because I was trying to figure out why ain't you called me back? Yeah. You know, um 
And listen, when you get in isolation, that's when Satan works on you the worst. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my my dad passed away, but uh, you know, one of the things that he really he really struggled with this. You know, fears sent him into isolation. And I want to say this with all the respect that I have for him. Most of my success and the, just the personality charisma that that God's given me came from that dude. Mm-hmm. You know, he he was really really great. Um, but he, you know, I remember he had a uh, he had a business, and he didn't file his tax. We found this out later. He didn't file his taxes for like five to seven years. I, but so the government sends us this bill. You know, <laughs> it's just. But I I know what it was. You know the la- those those last years he didn't turn a profit and he didn't want to have to face it yeah and so he just let it go mm. and just like the tax man <laughs> added up its bill yeah I mean that's what you can do to yourself quickly it's like a snowball uh-huh. and it just makes things work harder and worse yeah and worse when you don't deal with this and take control mm-hmm. and take authority over it mm-hmm. I mean God. It says in the Bible we have authority over Satan, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and like I said earlier, we can either listen to Satan or we can listen to to God. You get to pick, but you have to make that decision because if not, it just naturally, ugh, yeah, you know. And I just I'm mentioning these things and being very personal about myself because I want to give anyone out there dealing with this permission. To one, maybe talk about it with someone, yeah, and then also let them know that. Listen, I'm not the most successful person in this town, but I I've achieved quite a bit of its success. You have too, mm-hmm. Evan. How weird is it that we both are pretty successful guys and we both deal with this kind of stuff at some level? Yeah, you know, I want people to go. It's okay. It it happens to other people too. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I love how you talked about isolation and 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 almost taking no action. And when it when it comes to those fears that are coming in, and, and that that paralysis that comes into play, because really taking no action is an action itself. But it's the worst. Right. Yeah. It's the worst action because, like you said, it grows and grows and grows. And uh, I think we've talked about this before, but when you're in isolation and when you're dealing with these thoughts and you're dealing with these challenges, you actually have a tool uh, that you've been given from the very beginning of life uh, that is a very very powerful tool. And as a child, you're told to use it all the time. And it's the, it's the uh, ability to create and, and to imagine. Uh, it's your imagination. And it's, it's this thing that you have that allows you to think beyond reality. And I love that we encourage people to use our imaginations. But it feels like at some point, you stop using your imagination. You stop... Uh, dreaming you stop doing all these things you get into the real world and you and you and you feel like that's kind of la la land out there and I, and I don't know why that is I don't know why it's stifled but that seems to be my experience but I think what happens then is you still have that tool but when you're in that isolation and you're in uh, those situations where you're dealing with your fears that imagination can work in reverse so imagination to the positive is dreams uh, setting goals uh, inventing things creating things that's imagination forward. Imagination in reverse is worry. It's fear. It's all those things that paralyze you and really hold you a prisoner that make things so much bigger 
than what they actually are. But as you're in those situations and it's just churning through your head, you, you just don't want to confront it because you have 10,000 different options that you've imagined that could happen. And in reality, probably none of those will happen. None of those things will actually happen. But that's what your imagination has done is it, it, it just starts cranking up and going on all cylinders to the point where the longer you allow it to do that, the more situations you're sitting on inside your head. And I think that's why that, that uh, paralysis happens because it's that analysis paralysis where you're just like, I, I'm just, I can't move. I can't do anything because I, anything that I do is going gonna, is gonna to go wrong. And it's just because you've imagined those things to happen. Yeah. You, you have to learn to manage your imagination or it'll start managing you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, the, I remember a long time ago, man, where I had, I had a client. And I can't remember what it was, but they were irritated about something. You know, you get those clients too. I get those sometimes. Too. Oh man, they're but but this was this was different. Yeah. I mean, this was still during the days where I was sitting at my kitchen table dialing for dollars, yeah. right? So I finally get this client that's willing to give this young guy who probably doesn't deserve even an opportunity yeah. to go and staff for him. And then, you know, it wasn't even my fault. It was something that some you know one of our employees did. But the, but then you know they're upset, and then I'm like. Oh my gosh, I'm going to lose this client. Yeah. And so I'm going to bed at night. I'm sure I'm sure some people out there listening to this have done it. So you're in you're in bed and you wake up at two o'clock in the morning and I mean everything is getting ready to go to hell in a handbasket in your mind. Yeah. And it is just so huge and you cannot turn it off. You're like, oh my gosh. And so your imagination has gone whacked out mm-hmm. about how bad this is going to be. And then you get up in the morning. And it's still there, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I got to go to work." And and so you completely eliminate thinking or putting any effort into other things that you need to do because the only thing that you can <laughs> possibly concentrate on is this one thing that's going to be so horrible, so bad, and you can't believe it. You just oh, you're just dreading the phone call, and then you call the person, and they're like, "Oh man, it's not going to be any big deal. I completely understand that <laughs> happened." You know. Yeah, I've been to small and business before. I'll tell, I'll tell you what, man. I think this is going to work out for the better. You know, it's it's not it. You know, let's let's just start over. And you're like, <laughs> and you're like, good grief! I've spent 48 hours, yeah. you know, going crazy on this. And then it, it's exactly what you said um, earlier because you you can get your imagination to to take you to the moon. Yeah. Um. You know what? A very important thing. I had this guy. I'd always tried to get a mentor, man. Yeah. And no one would ever meet up with me. And I, I, I know now why. Because I every time they'd tell me something to do, I would interrupt them and tell them what I'm already doing to do that. You know, just just irritate them. They're like... I'm glad you learned that early on. <laughs> I was so, so miserable. And... And I was so annoying, but I finally, I finally learned, and and this was the very first person that I learned to ask questions and shut up and listen. Yeah. Somebody told me this. Yeah. And so th- this is what this guy gave me. He gave me the best piece of advice that I ever had, and it, and it was encouraging me to use my imagination. Mm-hmm. It is the craziest thing. I can't believe how good this was that he did. He said, "Listen," I said. I, the question was, I said. Tell me, when you were my age, because he was, you know, he's more of a veteran. I said, when you were my age, what was one of the things that you did that just really was important? Yeah. You know, and he said, 
he thought for a second and said, well, I, I, think, I think this was it. He said, every morning I would get up and run. And he said, the entire morning I would tell myself what I was going to do and I would start imagining mm-hmm. what I was going to do. He said, I didn't own a company there, but I would say to myself every morning, I'm going to own multiple companies. Um, I'm going to become a multimillionaire. And, and he was just saying all the things. I'm a good husband. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a good father. I'm gonna, and he would start imagining these things. He would mm-hmm. start imagining the house that he wanted to live in. He would imagine his family going on vacation. He would imagine all these things. And he said pretty soon it all came to fruition. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I started doing that, Evan, and I'm not kidding you. I've accomplished and surpassed everything that I imagined at that point. Wow. And the whole thing is switched or it's changed. My All my goals have just switched. I bet you it's switched two or three different times. Yeah. Because what your what you put in your mind and you tell your mind you can do, it's really miraculous mm-hmm. that you can just go out and do it when you're intentional with your thoughts. And that and I really want people to learn just just that thought. Manage your imagination or it'll manage you. Mm-hmm. You tell your imagination what you're going to go do mm-hmm. and and start thinking and dreaming. Absolutely. I feel like we're, uh, we're wandering a little bit into your subconscious mind as well and programming the subconscious mind. There's lots of books on that, and I, I, and I can't think of them off the top of my head. But I think it's important to realize that your subconscious mind works on your behalf. And I think the, the Kleenex example is, um, let's say, for example, you're, you're thinking of buying a new truck and you're, you want to buy a Ford F-150. Well, once you start looking for a Ford F-150, everywhere you go, you start seeing every single Ford F-150 out there. And it's not just because there's all of a sudden more trucks out there that are like the one that you want. It's your subconscious mind is tuned into that, and it starts pointing those things out. So mm-hmm. what you were doing, when you were imagining and you're speaking to yourself and you're programming your subconscious that these are the things that I want to do, your subconscious mind was starting to direct and look for, on unbeknownst to you, the things that you wanted to do and it was identifying those opportunities, it was identifying those things and almost gravitating you towards those things. And so the subconscious mind is very, very powerful. We haven't talked about that a lot, so I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh, We'll probably definitely need to dive into that a little bit deeper, but I think the balance between your imagination and your subconscious mind is a lot closer. I've never thought about it in those terms, but I think it's a lot closer than I could have even uh, put together just on my own. So. But in relating it to fear, yeah, when you start using your imagination to benefit you, mm-hmm. the, there there's something that eases the fear because you're 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 starting to put your focus on something that is exciting to you. You start becoming more grateful, yeah, for things that you're around that that are around you, you know, and and when when you can start. You know, it, it really truly does ease fear mm-hmm. when you start imagining things. And yeah, you're you're definitely engaging your subconscious like what you're saying, but you know, it really helps with fear. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think we're talking, uh, well, I, I want to kind of switch it a little bit and talk about fear as a motivator, and I think that's a good way to yeah. kind of lead into that. So if you don't mind, talk to, tell me a little bit about that story of, of the caveman that, that you told me earlier, because I think that really kind of uh, leads in a little bit to using fear as a motivation <laughs> Not just for, to encourage you, but to actually drive you. Yeah. So I, um, we were talking about it earlier. I think I was, I was pretty good and animated when, when I explained <laughs> it because it was kind of funny. Yeah. All right. So, you know, fear, 
fear isn't always a, a bad thing is what we were talking about. And, you know, it, when, you go, when you go back down, uh, all the way back to the day of the caveman and all the guys got, I mean, just imagine it real quick. You know, you've got the guy who has that big club that Fred Flintstone used to carry around, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. And um, that's all you got. And you've got this huge saber-toothed tiger. Remember that thing that chased him around? Well, the, the caveman most likely encountered something like the dinosaur or something like that or the saber-toothed tiger. And he, and he was fearful of the thing because he's like, listen, man, if this thing comes around, I mean, th things are not going to be good. So what, what did the caveman do? He probably went, and that's probably where the club came from. Yeah. I mean, he wanted to club him. But, I mean, they came up with spears. You know, I'm I'm guessing that there's probably some caveman that went and made a bunch of spears and, spent, and then lived inside it or something like that. Yeah. You know, you, well, you, you you read about it on the Aborigines out in the African desert. They'll they'll surround themselves with thorns so the so the lions won't won't get them. And so, fear kept us alive and helped us go all the way to the top of the food chain. Mm -hmm. You know, and in 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 business. You know, I'd, I'd shared with you there that, uh, you know, when the Affordable Care Act came out yeah. several years ago, and then um, I knew that it was drastically going to impact negatively the medical clinics that I staff for. Mm -hmm. I knew it was. And it did. That next year, it dropped them by a third. Mm -hmm. But the day, seriously, the day that they introduced or they passed or they mentioned it that, hey, we're going to pass this. They didn't sign it into law yet. But I, I opened up our accounting and finance division, our business division, and rather than decreasing by a third like what we would have mm -hmm. had we just stayed in medical, we doubled in size that year. Wow. Um, you know, won some awards for, you know, being one of Tulsa's 40 fastest growing companies and stuff. And so that was fear. I was fearful of that. Mm -hmm. and, but rather than putting it, making it into isolation, just terrifying you like what you were talking about before or making it, making you numb, you know, I just put thought into it. And had I not had that healthy dose of fear, I would have never said, hey, let's go try to fix this mm -hmm. and solve the problem. So you can use fear in, in a great in a great way to where it's not a bad thing. It can be a very good thing for you. Yeah, I think the fear can highlight the potential weaknesses that you have. So, so for example, the Affordable Care Act was something that not necessarily was a weakness, but it was a weakness in your business because you were so heavily um, positioned in that, that industry that you knew that if that went away, that that would negatively affect your business. Yeah, and, you know, every business is going to get disruptors. Yeah. You know, um, in, in the staffing industry right now, a, dis a possible disruptor is every Tom, Dick, and Harry that is very good at writing code. You know, they're trying to figure out artificial intelligence for hiring people. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, in our business right now, we don't see that that's, we don't see that it's possible to <laughs> replace a human being for doing that. But I'll bet you, I'll bet you money people at least try it. Yeah. You know, and so even though we're, we're making a bet thinking that, it's not going to last long term. I would be a fool to not be a hair bit of concern to put some action into trying to figure out what does this disruptor mean to our to our market? Mm -hmm. What's it going to do? And if you know, 
if I were to just make it, you know, take that fear, that concern, yeah. and just make me numb and just ignore it, well, you know, those are the type of companies that go down. Remember Kodak? I think it was Kodak. They they developed the technology for the digital photograph, and then their CEO or the executive board said, listen, this is no good. Let's sell this technology. <laughs> and where's Kodak at right now? I mean, I've you know actually, I mean? I actually saw Kodak at, at the Consumer Electronics Show last year, and I read some reviews about it, and basically what they were saying was Kodak has no clue what they're doing anymore. <laughs> Well, I mean, they were fearful of the disruptor, yeah. you know, and they and they didn't do anything about it. They just wanted to stay the course, make numb, let's keep doing what we're doing, not adjust. And in business, just like the caveman had to adjust, I'm sure the, the tiger somehow got over the sticks at some point, so he had to do something else, you know. Yeah. Well, in business, we always have to work with disruptors. Mm -hmm. And um, if fear is your biggest you know, motivator, if you're allowing it, if you're tolerating it too much where it's making you numb, um, you'll, you'll, it's just like what you said at the very beginning, you'll never be able to see what your true potential is. Yeah. You'll never be able to see the best you that you can be. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to talk a little bit about kind of the opposite of fear. And, uh, and I know that we're going to dive a little bit deeper into this into the, uh, in, in the next podcast. But uh, when we're talking about fear, we're talking about Fear is a motivator. Fear is healthy, but fear can also have a lot of these different things uh, that will happen. But there's also this thing that is operates in relation to fear, and it's something that um, I think comes from a whole different. Um, it comes from a whole different source, whole different source, and it's courage. So, if we if we break down courage just a little bit, courage is in my mind the ability to face fear. Uh, head on. It's the ability to um, persevere through things. Um, what role has courage had in your life, especially uh, with all the different things that you've talked about, how you're, you're tired of fear uh, being something that's tolerated and whatever else. So you had in some capacity courage from that frustration. But where does courage come from for you? When I very first started Trinity, this was the process. So I I was working at this college as the career development director and everything was going really well. Like I, I hit, I was the highest in numbers of all the schools. I had it on autopilot. It was really a pretty easy job and they, and then they asked me to do something that was illegal and it ended up putting them out of business. You yeah. know, they're, they're no longer around because of it. And I just said no. And so I was having to try to figure out what I was going to do and it was a really concerning thing for me. And I went, uh, you know, at the time I'd sold my first book to that school <laughs> and they, they gave it to all the students and so I'd started a company and I had uh, my accountant at the time that was uh, uh, advising me and, and, I, and I went to him and I said, listen, I have this idea, I really think I want to start a staffing company, but I'm really concerned about this, that and the other. Mm -hmm. And he's like, man, don't worry about that. Just go. Let's go. And I was like, yeah, but man, what if, what if this happens? And what if this happens? He's like, man, you're overthinking it. So I was like, all right, all right. So I go home and, I, and I, I called him at least three or four different times talking about the same stuff. And it, this dude was just fed up with me. Right. And so I called him and said, listen, I want to have one more meeting. He said, all right, I'll have a meeting with you, but I'm going to charge you $100 for this meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and he said... 
So I go in there and I did the exact same thing. I was really just so young yeah. in it. I didn't know what I was doing. And so I said, I told him the same thing. He's like, listen, man, don't do this. He's like, you would be one of the worst business owners. He's like, you're too fearful of everything. He's like, you're just not going to. It's like, I think your wife would be okay. I swear <laughs> you said this. And my wife's sitting there, and that yeah. pissed me off. It really did. And, man, that was the very best thing that ever happened to me, ever. Because mm -hmm. that night, I went, and I, and I, put, I wrote up a resignation letter. Mm. And I started the company the next day. Wow. And so this, this is what courage means to me. Or if I, if I have any advice for people, listen, if you're going to go do something and chase your dreams, most likely there's going to be one thing that everyone's going to have to come to. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how you go around. It doesn't matter who you have in your corner, who set you up, how much money you've inherited. If you want to go follow your dreams, most likely there's going to become one thing. You're going to have to jump. Mm -hmm. And it'll be scary. And, you know, you're probably going to fall a little bit until you hit that parachute. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be scared during that time. And you're not going to know what's going to happen. The fear of the unknown is like the craziest yeah. kind of fear that there is. And, you know, but you got to jump. And that was my biggest hang up is that I just, I was, I didn't know what was going to happen. And so I was scared to jump. But that one thing just challenged me enough to say, no, I want this for myself and I'm going to go do it. Uh -huh. And so there has to come a point where you're going to over, overcome fear, that fear mm -hmm. enough that you're willing to jump mm -hmm. and then go make it happen. Yeah. And I think that every successful person, I bet you you've got your jump moment. You know, every successful person, especially any business owner that I know, they've got that one moment where they jumped. Mm -hmm. You know, and for me, this was my second failure yeah. as a businessman. You know, I mean, I'd already had, yeah, two <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work out well. Yeah. But you have to still go ahead and jump. Yeah. I think that's really important. Well, I'm so glad that you shared that. And I was, I'm also glad that you shared that you failed before and you still had the courage to jump. You still had that motivation. So there is that thing inside you. It's that small voice that's just screaming, this is what I want to do. This is the thing that brings me life. These are the things that I know I've been created to do. And you have to listen to it. And at some point, you get so frustrated, or, you, or that voice has been told so many times no, that it just wells up enough to overcome that fear. It gives you that courage, and it pushes you through to make that jump and, and, and push yourself out there. And now, Trinity is a successful business for how many years? Uh, ten years we just passed. Over, over ten yeah. years, working on a second location. Uh, so well, it, it was in there the whole time. And it was just a matter of you overcoming that fear. Yeah, and you know, but I think a lot of people fall, they stop too soon. Right. You know, that this is another thing that I learned, because I had two that were unsuccessful. Mm -hmm. um, have, have you ever heard that story, Evan, where 
that guy goes out in California during the gold rush and he purchases this mine that was the most profitable gold mine in U.S. history. And I'm sorry I don't know all the details. Yeah. <laughs> but the story has a good story to it. But it's true. I yeah. promise you it's true. I've, I've, I've read this. It's a historical thing. If you're good enough with history, go research it. It's true. Um, this guy goes and he buys this gold mine and he just chisels and chisels and chisels and looks for gold, looks for gold, looks for gold. And he's like, man, there's just not any gold in this thing. Mm -hmm. And so he sells it. Yeah. And this guy who knew a lot about fault lines and stuff like that had gone out there and looked at it and he buys the thing. And, um, I mean, he was three feet away. Oh. They're like a little more than three feet away is how far he was. Wow. And had he gone three feet more and, you know, I want to encourage your audience, go talk. If you're thinking about starting a business or if you're thinking about your success in your, in, in your world, go talk to somebody mm -hmm. about the things that they've had to overcome and that you just can't. There's this grit in successful people that doesn't ever stop. It's a, it's a grit. Same thing in me and my wife's marriage. I mean, good grief. We got struggle and everything, but we got grit. Yeah. You know? And we're, we're not going to go anywhere, mm -hmm. but we're going to have struggle. Yeah. But there, there's this level of grit. And, you know, you have to be intentional with your life. Mm -hmm. And I see this all the time. You know, people, I, I see it with people spiritually, and that, that saddens me. But I see people in their, pers in their professional lives as well. They're just drifters. You know, they, they too often let their career or wherever they go, go wherever the wind takes them, wherever the opportunities happen to go. Yeah. And they're not intentional. They don't tell their life what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. They kind of let the opportunities tell them. Mm -hmm. And I don't, unless you just get crazy lucky, the odds of being successful, being a drifter, mm -hmm. is not going to be very good. You know, and so you've got to be intentional with your life. You know, for me, when I start my day, I've got this calendar right here. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of full. Yeah. That's a light day today. <laughs> but I was intentional with what I was going to do today. So I have a meeting with my assistant before I get started, and I tell myself what I'm going to do today and then make up my calendar for the next day. But you've got to do that in your life. You've got to be intentional so that you tell yourself what you're going to be, and you don't let somebody else's decisions or some kind of opportunity you know make that up for you you know be intentional with who you want to be and take control over it so you can again become the best you you can be and see what your potential is awesome Corey thank you for sharing your your heart with our audience there's so much good stuff there um, that's what I love about the podcast is it gives us the ability to listen to this over and over again because it just as you're unpacking that that last little bit, I think there's so much that the audience can can take away from that, from being intentional with your marriage, from being intentional with your life, not being a drifter, but actually pushing yourself beyond what is just happening around you and creating instead the success that you want to have. So I think there's just so much there that we can all learn from. Um, there's all sorts of principles in there that, that we can glean from as well. So thank you for sharing that. We, we need to wrap it up. So Corey, I always give my, uh, my speakers one, uh, one opportunity to speak directly to the audience, know who they are. 
you know who we're trying to reach. What would you say your message would be to young business leaders? Put your family first. Everything else will fall into place. Um, when you have God as your partner, mm-hmm. there's no limitations. The dude can do anything when you trust in him. And true abiding in Christ is what gives you freedom. Awesome. Thank you, Corey. Listeners, remember, choose to connect, seek development, and be inspired. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the young businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.